We're your hosts, Dana and Kara, and this is From the Mouths of Babes. Welcome back. We are so excited to be hanging out with you again. And today we welcome back Dr. Julie Hanks for a follow-up episode. If you remember, Dr. Julie Hanks is a therapist, teacher, singer, writer, all the things, podcast host, and she empowers women through coaching courses, podcasts, and more. And she's an awesome resource, especially for young women and young and old. And we're so excited to have her back again this week. Yes. Thank you. So for those of you that remember our last episode, we, with Dr. Julie Hanks, we talked about partnership in the home and partnership over patriarchy and just the division of labor within homes. But, um, towards the end of the episode, we briefly touched on the idealization of motherhood. So that is what we are going to dive a little bit deeper into this episode. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to do as a follow-up with some of, we've got some questions from listeners and had really great discussions after that episode. So one of the follow-up questions from the last episode was we talked a little bit about attributes of men and women. And one of the things that I really love that you said that, you know, each gender has human characteristics and that's what it's about. It's about developing human characteristics. So if both genders are able to have human characteristics, as you said, then what does make each gender unique and divinely different? Um, Specifically within the context, in your opinion, I know for a lot of people who are members of our faith, um, there's a document called the family, a proclamation to the world. And it highlights generally some of the roles, um, for men and women within families, but in your opinion, are those not divinely different in our characteristics? Um, and what, what would you say about that? Yeah, we, the, the nature and nurture debate has been going on for a very long time. Are there differences between men and women? Yes. Do we sometimes make a bigger deal about those differences than is helpful? Yes. (laughs) So I don't have the answer. Um, I know that in my experience, women can be strong. Women can have traditionally um, quote unquote masculine traits and men can have traditionally quote unquote feminine strengths. So there's a lot of overlap. Sure. Now, what is exactly totally unique to men and women. I, I don't know. Um, there are physical differences right. and there are, there are, there's a lot, it's a spectrum there there's in between as well. So, so I don't have the, the answer. If I did, I, <laughs> I make a lot of people happy if I, if I knew the answer, yeah. um, but just like inherent differences. I don't know that we know that at this point. Yeah. Well, and I think the reason why, I don't know, people want an answer to that question. And I know certainly that's something I've thought about is that we want to feel unique. We want to feel special. We want to feel, I don't know, divinely connected to heavenly parents. And I think somehow when we can understand what that means for us, it helps us to understand them a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So I'm sure that's where that question comes from, but I appreciate the honesty and we just don't know. And we just have to understand that there are differences, but there's a spectrum within those differences, both Mm -hmm. male and female. Right. Great. I think that gives a lot of value to um, the LGBTQ community as well, just because Mm -hmm. that's a spectrum and gender is a spectrum. Sex is a spectrum too. So we just, from a scientific point of view, there's a spectrum that we're talking about and it's not just these two categories that we often think about. Yeah. Our, each of our homes, each of our families, each of our, as individuals, our situations are unique and we need to honor that and be authentic to the relationships that we are in and not feel like we have to honor a certain role Mm -hmm. that is a confining box. Maybe that's, Maybe mm-hmm. that maybe that's where we go. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it, Kara. I think it's a perfect segue into what you talk about when it comes to just the harm that can come from idealizing motherhood. Um so can you give us just well, let's let's give like a brief, I don't know, definition mm-hmm. um, of what idealizing motherhood and and what that means within the context of of motherhood. Sure. So idealization in general is painting something as perfect or better than reality. So when that comes to motherhood, that it means painting a picture of motherhood and the experience of being a mother as perfect or better than it actually is. So just with that definition, you can see some of the problems probably already with painting something as better than it is or as perfect is going to lead to a lot of disappointment and a lot of unmet expectations, which is part of what's harmful about idealizing motherhood. Yeah, absolutely. So when we, I mean, I think it's inevitable in everything in life, there is going to be a vast difference between expectations and reality. Um, but I think that's where growth can happen and where God has the ability to fill in the gaps that humanity just creates um, when we like rub up against each other, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to motherhood. Cause I know I have a two-year-old and we have uh, battles every day, uh, control, control battles and <laughs> we're bumping heads a lot, but, um, can you tell us then the difference then between idealizing motherhood and valuing it and mm-hmm. why changing our vocabulary can help us understand how we can do that better? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So idealizing also puts, it's like, puts it above other things. So that is damaging to people who aren't mothers who don't want to be mothers, who can't be mothers, right? Um, Valuing is to consider something to be important. So if we value motherhood, we consider it important. It's important work. But that doesn't mean it's perfect, or it's the most, or the best, or the biggest, or the, right? It's, It's important work. Right. And so it allows for room for every contribution that women make to be important, including motherhood, but not exclusively motherhood. 
I think that's great. And I like that in your TED talk, you talk about how the idealization of motherhood, somehow it's devaluing fatherhood as well. And you don't Mm -hmm. get super into that, but I just think it's a really good point and saying like, yeah, dads, you get to show up as well. You matter. You're important. Yeah. Yeah. You're really important in the lives of, of your children and your families. And as when we elevate motherhood to this unrealistic expectation and standard, where does that leave fathers? Like, oh, they're just leftover, you know, just whatever. No, they're, they're important too. Yeah. And I also, I just makes me also think about, I feel, I think you've said this in maybe some of your little lives or something on Instagram. Um, but like comparing like men have the priesthood, women have the ability to make babies. Those, those are facts, but they don't, that's not the trade that we got. Well, men have heaven. the ability to make babies too. Yeah. <laughs> men have the ability to be parents. Men have the ability. Yes. They don't grow them, but they participate in, in taking care of them, hopefully from birth on. Um, so yes, those are not equivalent. Fatherhood and motherhood are equal. Yes. That's, I think that's a good point. One of the things I thought was interesting as I was studying more on this topic Um, And just thinking about my own personal experiences is that I think that when we do put motherhood on this pedestal, we have a tendency to increase a disconnect between women. So do you think that there is a tie between female connection or lack thereof and the idealization of motherhood or maybe just like loneliness in general? Because I know there are a lot of stay-at-home moms, moms in general that are experiencing loneliness despite having lists and lists of things to do, being involved in work or PTA or just myriads of lists of things that I think sometimes become a part of the idealization of motherhood, of doing it all and wearing all the different hats. But do you think there's a connection between loneliness and female connection or lack thereof when we idealize motherhood? Yes, I think idealization, what comes along with that is also like categorization. When you define women by mother, not mother, or types of mother, working mother, stay-at-home mother, or we don't say working father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no, we don't ask fathers, where are your children while you're at work? Mm-hmm. So we create these categories and then we try to funnel people into those and anytime you do that that creates distance and disconnection and disconnection is related to loneliness so instead of seeing women as just women right that are doing what they feel called to do and taking care of people in their stewardship and working either unpaid or paid or both or you know, that we're all in this together. We were kind of dividing people up by mother, not mother type of mother. And I think that that does contribute to the, a sense of loneliness and isolation instead of community and connection. So how would you suggest that we forge that or get rid of that disconnect? Cause I'm even thinking like, even in conversation, sometimes I don't know how to phrase questions like mm-hmm. you can have an example of like okay what do you say 
to someone you're trying to get to know, like, do you get to stay home or do you work? Like, I think a lot of the hang up and disconnect comes from just the common language and conversation and communication Mm -hmm. we choose. Mm -hmm. So how would you suggest that we change that and fix the conversation? Tell me about your life. Hmm. What matters most to you? So easy when you say what? Like that. I know. <laughs> it's, it's not that hard, people. <laughs> um, yeah, what 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 are your interests? What are your hobbies? What are some things that get you excited about your life? What are some of your goals? I mean, there are so many questions other than do you stay at home or do you work? Yeah, or do you, you know, or oh, you know, like we there we're humans, we have lots of dimensions, yeah, and and then we also divide up work by paid and unpaid, right? right? So we divide mothers by stay at home or working, and then we divide work by paid or unpaid. And we tend to um, value one over the other, depending right. on whatever our choice is. And so part of getting rid of that loneliness is for everyone to, to feel secure in what they're choosing and to not compare and put themselves above or below other people. Well, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. No, that, you're a rock star. So be that and be proud of it. And you're not better and you're not worse than someone who makes a different choice. So being secure with our own choices allows us to connect with other people who are the same or who are different or who have made different choices. I love that. Being secure in your own choices. I love that a lot. Um, which kind of leads me to an, another question that I had of a lot of the times when it comes to these hot topics, we have a tendency to swing the pendulum too far on either side. Mm. So how do we not shame women who do choose that they want to be a stay at home mom or they choose not to work? Because I feel like right now there's a, a lot of conversation of empowerment of women to go out and do things outside of motherhood. And I think that's great. Um, Karen, I both do that. Um, but how do we not shame other women for the choices that they have made and feel confident in? So I think by changing how we define work, yeah, all women work. You're either working for pay or, or doing unpaid work, taking care of other human beings. So <laughs> Like, why do we have to value one more than the other? Mm -hmm. Right. I think we get into um, the female empowerment. So where I get nervous for stay at home moms Mm -hmm. is when they are vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So I feel like whether you're a male or a female, there are certain adult skills that need, you need to have how to manage money, how to run and manage a household, how to um, provide for yourself. Yeah. I think that's part of being a grown up, not mm-hmm. being a woman or a man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So I get nervous for people who, who put themselves in vulnerable positions by not um, being able to provide for themselves if they want to, or, or need to at some point. Mm-hmm. So it's not that I dismiss that choice at all. I think it's amazing to be a stay-at-home mom. And I go, oh, I hope you've also, you're also preparing or have prepared 
so you're not vulnerable to what your partner decides. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Absolutely. 100%. But it's not a value. Yeah. It's not a like one's more valuable yeah. than the other. They're both valuable and they're both work. And it's yeah. all all women are contributing in important ways to society. Yeah, for sure. Hey, that that totally like kind of hit home for me because I worked and I was the main provider for my family, even mm-hmm. after my kids came for a long time. And then I took some time off mm-hmm. and then I was like, mm, I am financially dependent, emotionally dependent. We're emotionally codependent. Ooh, we got to like be our best selves. We got to balance this relationship out as our best selves so that our home is more balanced. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. You're okay. Now we're all okay. Mm-hmm. And I did end up going back to work so that I just, not that I need financial, a safety net, but I'm like, I feel better knowing that I have my little account just growing slowly, that that's mine or it there mm-hmm. for emergencies or whatever it's going to be, but it's there. Yeah. It, it was empowering. It's empowering to, to know you can take yeah. care of yourself and you can be exactly. independent. And so that's my hope, no matter what women choose, is that they also have the skills and the tools to be independent um, if they need to, want to, choose to, or if circumstances arise. Definitely. Yeah. I think that this, this part of the topic transitioned to one of my questions that many women, especially moms that are stay-at-home moms, really struggle with self-care. And they'll kind of classify, well, I got to go to the grocery store by myself, or I, you know, I got to take a shower today. That's mm-hmm. self-care. I'm like, no, no, that I, I don't feel like that counts. Those are like mm. basic, that's a chore and a basic <laughs> self-need, like. <laughs> that hierarchy of needs showering's pretty much right. the at the pretty bottom. Low. Yeah. And so how do you think women can drop that mom shame of getting out of the house and recognize what their personal needs are so that they can feed that self-care and that personal growth? So I like to ask women, what do you hope for your children when they grow up? And are you modeling that? So do you hope your children grow up and don't take care of themselves and, you know, are excited to get a shower? (laughs) Is that the life you want for them? Because you're modeling how to be a grown up. And so when I ask myself that I, I answer, well, I want them to include themselves in their circle of care. They are a person that they care for. And so they're not outside of that where it's just you know, other people in their circle, they're inside that too. They matter. And so I try to model that for my kids that I matter, that sometimes you're going to have to wait for me, or you're going to have to support me too. It's not all about you. (laughs) It's about us. It's about we, and we work together as a family to support each other. So what do you want to model to your kids? Self-neglect. Like, I don't want to model that for my kids to grow up and do that. Yeah. yeah. So I should probably get my hair cut a little more often. Says. <laughs> only, only if you want them to have personal hygiene, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get my, get my roots done a little more often. <laughs> so I don't allow them to think that they're allowed to look homeless. Like that's fine. Good model. Well, I, th- I think it's interesting because 
this topic of guilt and not taking care of ourselves is often a byproduct, you say, from the idealization of motherhood. And I think that's because we are so focused on fulfilling a role Mm -hmm. and that role being, I am a mother. And so I love something that you have said on your Instagram and in your Ted talk, you say, quote, a role is scripted. It's pre-planned. A relationship allows you to be your authentic self. Motherhood is a relationship, not a role. Yes. Amen. I mean, those did I say that? That sounds good. No, that's totally. I'm just teasing. (laughs) I remember saying that. Yeah, Yeah, it's it is so true. And we in with the role, we have this never-ending list of things that we are supposed to do to prove that we're a good mom. Right. And it's so freeing when you let that go, and you focus on what's the quality of connection between me and this other human being that's in my care. It's yeah. not about all the stuff that you do. That's not, that, that's not what it's about. It's funny at an event last night, someone was asking my son, like, what, what's the best part of having me as his mom? And it was basic. it was really interesting to hear because I, I haven't asked him that recently. <laughs> and, yeah. and it was funny because it was the things that I don't do. She's like, I love that she doesn't hover and micromanage my life. I love that she trusts me to, you know what I mean? It was like, it it was not things that I actually do, but like what I don't do. I just thought that was really interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. That lets me live my life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She lets me have autonomy, like exactly what you're supposed to teach him. Yeah. (laughs) That, okay. This is, this may be a hot button or unpopular opinion, um, but I've kind of spent the last year kind of researching um, mother and children enmeshment issues, especially mm-hmm. mothers and sons. <laughs> and I, it just came up to me and you know, I was like, you know what? I don't want to be an amazing mom. I don't be like barely average, maybe slightly below average because all these moms that have been shooting for the ideal perfect mom. Oh, they, they're enmeshed. They're now their kids are all, everybody's messed up now. <laughs> so I love that you bring this up, Kara, because when, when there are no boundaries between you and your child, it creates problems for your child. You may get to feel like you're a really good mom and you do everything for them and you pave the way for them and you deserve all the credit, but it creates big problems for the kids. <laughs> And eventually for you when they decide to separate and do their own thing. Yeah, for sure. And then everybody needs therapy, like way more than you needed to start with. Right now we're going to be in therapy every week till we die. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Your job is not to do everything for your children. It's to teach them how to do things for themselves. Yeah. And I think sometimes we in the idealization of motherhood, it's like, it's about doing everything for our kids. So they don't have to do anything. It's like, no, the world doesn't actually revolve around them. And if it does until they're 18, they're going to have a rude awakening when it, they go to school or they go into the workforce and the world doesn't revolve around them. Yeah. So it's this balance between, we don't want to be too involved but we also need meaningful connection with our kids because that's what they need. They don't need a perfect mom. They need a mom that's connected. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some simple, like, 
high impact daily ways that mothers can make connection with their kids? So daily small rituals. So it might be, I kiss my kid on the forehead every time I leave the house or they kiss me or they, um, or I make them breakfast every morning. That's a gift that I give them. Or we sit and talk after school, something that happens regularly where there's a connection point and it doesn't have to be big. That's, it's not the dog and pony show at the birthday party that creates connection. It's, it's those small moments. It's tickling their back when they're going to bed. It's reading a bedtime story. It's the consistent small things that create connection and listening, I think is the biggest thing. Listen more than you talk to your kids. Listen more than you lecture. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that when I think about my relationship with my mother, those are definitely things that I feel like she was really good at. Um, I was thinking about today, actually, just like minutes before we even got on, got on the call. And um, my struggle lately has been like, I mean, I thrive when I have plans in my day. Um, so like, if I'm like, okay, we're going to go to the zoo this morning, or we're going to go to the library or a play date or whatever. I feel like I'm more productive that I don't go crazy. It helps my mental health. Um, but I also was so concerned about my daughter and everything she was gaining from it. But today I just found like my energy level was low. Like I just had a really long to-do list, but we were just laying on my bed and she was just like snuggling up in pillows. And I just looked at her and thought like, she's going to be fine. Even if we're not doing everything, big events and big play dates every day, Mm -hmm. we're going to be okay. And, and these moments are often the more impactful because I'm really tuned into her and I'm really able to just laugh with her and smile at her. Whereas those other times when we're running from place to place that kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Um, mm-hmm. it, it helped me to really just kind of like take a step back and be like, we're doing okay. And, and we're going to be okay. Yeah. That's beautiful. It's those simple moments. There was a, a few, I think it was a month or so ago. I was talking to one of my kids about his birth story mm-hmm. and just like how much he was celebrated and how much we loved him and how much he was wanted and how people felt about his birth. And it was just such a sweet, like, this is a teenage boy, you know, and I'm talking to him about how celebrated he was coming into our family. And it was just really a sweet, tender, tender moment. Did he share anything like how that made him feel like later or anything? Um, well, we were, we both ended up in crying and hugging. So, (laughs) so it was good. It was good. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Okay. So you're, you're in the teenage, like craziness. I, Dana just has her one baby. I've got three. So connection, my three are, I have twins that are seven and then 15 months younger is my third. And so it's a constant competition for connection. And they're fighting. And so then it's like, no one gets it. We tapped out. And then my older 
son is on the autism spectrum and ADHD. Mm -hmm. So he gets super overstimulated and that overstimulates me. Mm. And then I'm like, no, no, we're all done. Everyone go to separate rooms. We're good. Mm -hmm. So, and then I'm thinking of another, this is a very big question. (laughs) Uh, Maybe with a teenager, you're like, you're going and hiding in your room and closing the door all the time. And I don't know how to connect with you. So what do you do maybe in these different stages with a child that you're really struggling to connect with maybe a little child and a big child. Mm, mm, Yeah. So I think it really depends on the child. Mm. And one suggestion that I have, no matter what the age, assuming that they're verbal and can express Mm -hmm. themselves is ask them what they want from you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we don't ask her, what would you really like? How would you like to spend time with me today? I want you to read me a book or, you know, like my, my teenage, uh, kids, it's a treat if I make food for them. So like, (laughs) mom, will you please make me or a treat, you know, an Oreo shake and they can make it themselves. I'm like, sure. I'll make you one, you know? So that's like, that means something to them because it doesn't happen all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so it just kind of depends, but ask them what they want. What would help you feel connected to me? And it, it may be, um, some one-on-one time. It may be, I really like it when you read me a story at night, or I want time without my twin or, you know, just ask them and see what they say. They may tell you exactly what they want. Hmm. Again, it seems so simple. I feel like I have to like keep these like prompts almost in my head of like, okay, here, here are things (laughs) that I can say when got a million other things I want to say, you know? Yeah. 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 I also have two adult children and, and I will have three grandchildren in a couple of months. Mm -hmm. And so, so I have, I kind of have like the teens, the adult children, grandchildren. So I'm like, I'm kind of all across the spectrum at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Creating that new relationship as grandma is probably interesting. Like, or it's fun. fun. Yeah. So fun. Because you don't have yeah. the same pressures. It is everything that people say it is. It's, it is like all the good stuff. Yeah. None of the hard stuff. So we can yeah. idealize grandmotherhood. Though. Idealize because yes. it lives up to it. It's not idealized yeah. because it actually is reality. Yeah. So it's not better than reality. It's just reality is really good. Yeah. There you go. That's great. Cause you always get to send them back. It's right. awesome. You, you're not too worried about messing them up. You just get to show up for the fun, like totally. maybe kiss some boo-boos every once in a while. Yep. Oh, That's great. One of my last questions that I was thinking about, one of the things that you have said um, on Instagram that I really loved. So you use the term differentiation. And so you Mm -hmm. say differentiation includes the ability to engage in life from a place of authenticity and integrity instead of from a false self or a pretend self. So I want to talk about differentiation in motherhood. So And while raising children, I feel like sometimes as a mother, I'm responding from a place of emotional reactivity. Mm -hmm. So how do we maintain our sense of self when motherhood does require so much of us, our time, our energy, a lot of our emotion? What are some simple ways that we can act from a place of authenticity and integrity, even when motherhood requires so much of us? Yeah. I think it's helpful to recognize that it is your job to know what your needs are 
and to meet your own needs or to ask for them to be met. If you don't, you will look to your kids to meet those needs and that will hurt you and your kids. So if you're, if you're acting from a place of reactivity, it means you are not well taken care of. There's something that you're needing that um, to be in a calm centered place that you're not giving yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that may be, I need more support or I need more breaks or I need, you know, to hire someone if if resources allow or i need to expect more of my partner if i have a partner or i need to expect my more of my kids or whatever that is it's your job to know what that is and to make sure those needs are being met so you can be your authentic whole best self in motherhood love that that's great i also think there's value in saying I was with some, some girlfriends last night and she, one of the wives was saying, you know, I am deciding that I'm going to show up more for myself and it's going to be really hard. It's going to freak my husband out. And I was like, yeah. So tell him, say, I'm going to show up Mm -hmm. and it's going to be uncomfortable for both of us. So I hope you can hold space for that. Mm -hmm. And I, it was just really interesting to hear that perspective of like, yeah, I'm going to, actually use my voice and like Mm -hmm. get my needs met and Mm -hmm. but it's going to be uncomfortable for both of us and the kids and if you have and the kids exactly (laughs) yeah and so just acknowledging that like yeah changing behaviors or taking care of yourself is sometimes hard Mm -hmm. and uncomfortable yeah a good uh question to ask is would i support my child or partner in doing this in doing x So I've talked with women who are like, well, I can't really, I can't really spend that much on going back to school, you know, but, and I'm like, well, would you spend that much for your husband to go back to school? Would you spend that much for your child to go to school? Well, then why won't you spend that for you or whatever it is taking time? Well, would you, would you let your, let your partner rest if they were really tired? Would you let your child take a nap if they were really tired? Well, then why? Why don't you let yourself take a nap? (laughs) So if you're treating yourself not as well as you treat other people, then you're not including yourself in your circle of care and, and you need to make some changes. Love that. I'm starting to think of things, my own like pattern of thought and how oftentimes I, I do that same thing of like, I'm more than happy to be like, Luke, go do this, go do that. And not that he wouldn't be supportive of me doing those things, but I often am, am the roadblock in me actually right. doing things. Not asking or not expecting the support. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm really good at talking myself out of things, like yeah. for myself. Like, mm, I don't. No, I don't, I don't. I don't need it. I don't need it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but if you are, if you're reactive with your kids, mm-hmm. you're reactive with your spouse. Your needs are not being met. So it's your job to take care of that. So what are ways to reset that then? Because I think some of that can be deeply rooted in culture in Mm -hmm. how you were raised and maybe who you are as a person. So how do you reset that if you have this strong realization of like, oh, whoa, yeah, this is not working and I'm reacting because I'm not taking care of. 
Yeah. So you ask yourself those questions. What do I need? What do I want? And then how can I prioritize those things? How can I get those wants and needs met? Yeah. Because I matter just as much as my partner and my children. Yeah. Absolutely. Sometimes that brainstorming of what do I want or what that's do the, I hard is the hardest part. Yeah, I know. I, know. I get asked, my husband will ask me all the time. Like, what do you need? I'm like, I don't know, like a cookie. I don't know. Maybe that'll help. I'm not sure. <laughs> do you need a massage? I mean, if you're offering, I guess, like, I don't know, yeah. well, but it's our job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I often am afraid of asking those questions because then I have to get one really honest with myself. And it also takes a lot of energy for me to really actually be like, okay, what do I actually want? What do I actually need? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that requires me to act, which if I'm not in a place where I am ready to act, then I find that I, I won't take the time. I won't make the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just react to your kids and be grumpy and be unhappy and be a martyr, you know, like, but you can get better. These are all skills that we're talking about. Yeah. Asking yourself hard questions, following through, making a plan, asking for support. Those are all skills. And so you're not going to just all of a sudden be good at it. It takes time. It takes practice. And so just start by just asking what, what do, what do I want? What's one thing I want this week? What's one thing I need this week? I need more time with friends. Okay. How am I going to get that? Okay. What do I need to build in in order to make that happen? Yeah. I hope that the people who are listening, male, female, mother, not a mother, father, not a father are going to put this into and to practice and actually ask those questions. Cause I think it's just a great exercise for everyone in general to get clarity on life and, and what they want out of life so that you can live a life of more authenticity and value the life that you're living instead of idealizing it. So thank you so much, Julie, for joining us. It, it's always so enlightening um, and <laughs> And enlightening in the most like simple and practical ways, which mm-hmm. I think we all need. So thank, thank you for providing clarity. Thank uh, you so much. For those of you who want to continue to follow along with Dr. Julie Hanks, um, you know that she has her Instagram, um, which is Dr. Julie Dr. Hanks. Dr. Julie Hanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then um she also, again, we talked about this with our initial episode. She has her ask Dr. Julie Hanks podcast, where you can actually go and ask her questions directly, especially if there's something that you want to pick her brain on as it relates to the idealization of motherhood from this episode, go send her a little message and, and get those questions answered. But thanks again. Um, Let's transition to now everyone's favorite part of the segment. Uh, This came out of mouth of my babe. So we're going to share some stories. So Kara, do you have a story? Okay. So we took our kids ice skating and we went in the winter and it was like really hard, especially our older son on the spectrum. He is a big kid, really bad balance. It was rough. (laughs) Took me down a few times, Um, but he's gone a couple other times. And I went this last weekend with them and he's getting it. And I was like, 
are you done? Like, are you ready? Are you done skating? You ready to go? And he's like, no, I'm not done yet. I'm a beast. And then just was like going, but he's also like <laughs> holding on to the side a, a little bit. Like, all right, you're a skating beast. Then I guess we don't have to go. So that was cute. I love that. That's awesome. Julie, do you have a story that came out of the mouth of one of your babies? Oh, I have my youngest Macy is for even from like being a really little kid, she, she would ask questions like, like, well, who's God's parents oh. and who's their parents' parents, right? Like stuff like that. Yeah. Right. But one, one time she asked me this, and I just thought it was so funny. She's asked mom, are humans made out of meat? <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, actually we, we are made out of meat. Meat is from muscle. And I just thought that was like the weirdest question. <laughs> I'll be honest. I've totally thought the same thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I think about that regularly, actually. I, I don't, I've never thought of that. So it, would, it struck me as really funny. That is really, funny. I love that. Uh, Parker, my youngest, he's really into animals. And our sister was driving him to a science camp for me because I had to work. And she's like, Oh, Parker, look, do you see those cows? And he's like, Yeah, those old Texas longhorns. Guess what? They're going to make a baby. You know how? Because those ones are the boy ones and those ones are the girl ones. And then the boy one goes and asks the girl cow on a date and then they make a baby. And that's how it happens. <laughs> that's hilarious yeah that's so cute <laughs> yeah that. that's the difference between boy cows and girl cows it's go on a date yeah <laughs> only at them were that simple um Sawyer the other day so my husband um is in the young men's at our church and so they did a camp out so it was Sawyer and I were solo and one particular night as I was putting her to bed we were reading books. I was trying to get her dressed and, and I'm like trying to kind of hurry her along. Cause I'm tired. It's been like two days of not having any break, you know? And she just like pulls my face and she says, look at me, look at me. <laughs> and I've had I, that before too. <laughs> I just lost it. I was like, okay, I probably just needed to laugh, but that's because like when I'm trying to get her attention, I'm always like, Sawyer, look at me, look at my eyes. And, but the fact that she like not only grabbed my face and then said it, it was just so funny. So. That is so cute. So cute. Oh, we love our babes so and yep, we love yeah. being mothers, but we also know how to take care of ourselves. So hopefully all you who are listening are feeling just pumped to do some self-care to ask yourself some hard questions and, and hopefully that will help you value your motherhood a little bit more. Yes. <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you again so much for joining us, Julie.